0: Welcome to The Room block and enjoy your stay. This episode is brought to you by JTS Connect, offering host, MC, moderation, and facilitation services for live, virtual, and hybrid meetings and events, as well as podcast hosting and consultation. To learn more and inquire about booking JTS Connect for your next event, please visit JTSConnect.com. Greetings, Roomblock podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. Did you know that the RuneBlock is now part of the Hospitality FM family? Hospitality FM is a podcast network dedicated to bringing the best hospitality-focused podcasts to those in and around the industry. Visit hospitality.fm to reach a portfolio of podcasts with thousands of episodes all about this industry that we love so much. Speaking of, how would you like to help me help the hospitality and events industry? By leaving a positive rating or review for this podcast, you're helping The Room Block gain visibility, which will allow more people to discover the show and bring more education and enlightenment to our beloved colleagues. Your support is so appreciated. Thank you for being a listener and for helping me share our industry stories. One of the best parts about doing this podcast is the magic that happens when past guests become real-life friends. I mean, I want to be real-life friends with all my guests, but you don't all live near me, so it's a little tough. But fortunately, I've had some pretty awesome local guests and therefore now have some pretty awesome new friends. In this episode, I am welcoming one of these past guests turned friends onto the show to chat about a topic that became much, much bigger than I originally thought. In fact, we may have found the key to lasting workplace happiness and how to prevent the next great resignation. But let me back up and properly introduce my guest and this episode. I am pleased to welcome back Colleen Brzozowski, who wears several hats in her professional career. Colleen last joined us in October of 2020 as the president of Site Chicago, and today she's here as a member of the International Board of Directors with Site as well as Director of Venue Sales with Sudexo Live, overseeing the sales teams at the Museum of Science and Industry, the Shedd Aquarium, and the Chicago Botanic Gardens. Yes, Colleen is a busy woman, but on top of all that she does, she made some time to record this episode of The Room Block with me to share a little bit about a talk she recently gave at the Site Global Conference that took place in Dublin, Ireland this past April. Colleen's talk was called, Table for One, Why the Diversity and Inclusive Discussion Should Include Singles in the Workplace. As a friend of Colleen's, I was lucky enough to get a little sneak peek of this talk as Colleen was developing it, and I am so glad her topic made it onto a stage and now this podcast. So what comes to your mind when I mention the word, single? Perhaps your first instinct is somebody who's never been married. Well, what about those who have been married and are now divorced or even widowed? Whatever the age or stage of life, being single creates some unique situations that should be considered in the workplace and in the world of business and incentive travel. Colleen and I explore some of this in our conversation. And like all good conversations about inclusion tend to do... It really opened my eyes to some of the struggles that single people have to contend with. And the struggles are real. The Cambridge English Dictionary recently added a new word, singleism, which is defined as the unfair treatment of people who are single. But on top of shedding some light on a demographic that can be left feeling slighted in the workplace, or frankly, life in general, The conversation you are about to hear covers some overall ideas for what it truly means to be inclusive and why it makes such a difference. I promise you, it's not as hard as it may seem. You can start by listening to this episode and Colleen Brzozowski's story. Hello out there and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Room Blog Podcast. I am very honored to welcome back to the show, Colleen Brzozowski, who was previously on the RuneBlock podcast. When was it, Colleen? Maybe a year ago? I believe so. It was longer. during that
1: pandemic time, which is a, a non-existent time frame, right? Everything just kind of blends together during that two-year period.
0: A 100%. I totally agree. And Colleen joined us before on the Room Block to talk about her adventures as president of SITE Midwest. SITE Chicago. SITE Chicago. And Colleen is still involved with SITE,
1: I know. I I sit on the international board as our VP of Education and
0: Certification for SITE Global. Fantastic. Okay. So you are still very much involved. Absolutely. And I just got back from our global conference in Ireland. Well, I'm dying to ask you tons of questions about that adventure because, so Colleen, you had a special speaking engagement during the conference, right? I did. I had the
1: opportunity to host a breakout session. Um, Site does a phenomenal job of giving people the opportunity to be thought leaders, to really work with what was the conference theme this year, which was dare, dare to think differently, dare to do more. And, um, this conference was actually scheduled for January of 21. It was then postponed to January of 22. And then finally happened in April of 22. So this was a, a long time coming and very, very excited to be
0: in Dublin. I can imagine. So how about how many people attended this conference?
1: So there were between four hundred and fifty and five hundred in total. No
0: kidding. And yeah, then from so all over site, the world. All over the world. Site global, right. Okay. Correct. Cool. Yeah. That's really exciting. You must have loved seeing your counterparts from all oh, over. It was so great. Especially, site um, had done such a good job of keeping everybody
1: connected through Zoom calls and and fun networking events and education. And and so having built these relationships with people on Zoom during the pandemic and now being in person and to see how developed
0: those relationships were was just it was heartwarming. I can only imagine. That's so great. So, Colleen, I know that, like you're saying, you're still involved with Sight and that it was a big topic of our conversation last time you were on the show. But I have to ask, what else have you been up to since you were last here? Yeah. I know you're joining us with a, a a different position as well. Yes, yes. So I did... Um... Due to the pandemic layoff that I had, I was
1: looking for a new opportunity and I'm happy to report that I did find that. I am with Sedexo Live, which is a um, catering company and food service management group. We um, in Chicago have the Museum of Science and Industry, Shed Aquarium and the Chicago Botanic Garden. So I am working with the teams at all three venues to sell uh, special events and meetings and and any
0: private events that you could do at any of those iconic venues. And iconic they are. Those are three amazing venues. I just took my kids. My husband and I just took my kids to the Museum of Science and Industry to see the Lego exhibit. Isn't that amazing? It was really cool. Yes. Yes. We loved it. It was different than I expected. I I guess I didn't do all that much research before (laughs) we went to see it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like Lego art. It was amazing. Yeah. I love that there is so much
1: movement in the pieces, the sculptures that he's created. And when you think about what a Lego is, really makes you imagine what what you can
0: do. Oh, yeah. It, movement, exactly. It was so true to see how they like made a dress out of Legos yes. or uh, clouds or so many different cool things. So, absolutely. It was a very enjoyable experience. Oh, but, good. good. Yes. And then, I mean, the, Colleen, that's a huge job, I have to say. <laughs> We've <laughs> talked about it before, but I just need to say again. I mean, that this, those are three big venues. Uh, I just can't imagine. You must know, be all over the city. Do you're trading I am. between the three all the time. I am.
1: Yeah. It, it's fantastic though to to um take my experience with incentive travel and think about all of the the experience behind event design and how a cultural attraction like that can provide such a unique element. And as people come out of the pandemic and are are getting used to networking again and getting back together, having a, a setting where there's experiences and things to talk about and, and how memorable it makes your event. It it really is just a, a fun way to
0: to sell a venue space. That is a really cool tie-in to your site experience because you do think in terms of incentive travel and incentive trips and and, you know, what it takes to really wow a group of people who are coming to an event and those venues are totally huge wow factors so what a cool thing that you can kind of blend your worlds together it really is it's been great excellent cool cool so we are not actually here to talk that much about your venues and your Sodexo job even though it sure is fascinating and maybe that will have to be a third a third (laughs) uh Podcast appearance for you somewhere in the future. But I do want to go back to Site Global to the conference that you were at in Dublin uh, because you had an opportunity to present on stage and talk about a very interesting topic. So, for the audience, uh, Colleen had kind of clued me in to what she was going to talk about and she had, had prepared this talk for the conference. And I was really wowed by the topic and by what she was going to present. So Colleen, I would love to have you tell us a little bit about what you presented at SITE. Sure,
1: absolutely. Well, my topic, the title of it was Table 4-1, why the diversity and inclusion discussion should include singles in the workplace. And when I first came up with this idea, I was a, a little hesitant about it because it's not often talked about. Um, and it was something that that I, I it kind of came to light and I thought, huh, this is interesting. So I started talking to friends that were single like I am, um, but then also kind of expanded upon that because single, you know, the, the definition, it could be single by choice. You just don't want to be in a relationship and you're very happy with that and fine. It could be that you really desperately want to be in a relationship and you're not. Um, it could be that you're newly divorced or long-time divorced, or it could even be that you're widowed um, so or long-distance relationship in some cases. But okay. still, being single is a huge portion of the workforce. And so how this really came to light, and I, I do have to thank Sight, um, Tahira and, and Aaron and the education team for for giving me the opportunity to to kind of talk about something that Really, I haven't seen talked about um, in this diversity and inclusion discussion. And I was thinking back um, when you had your guest Jolene on talking about the Stop Asian Hate. And she said, you know, inclusion is just about including everybody. And right. so when you think about including everybody and you make exceptions for different people, working moms, parents with kids, um, health issues, whatever it may be, there are exceptions that are made yet single just kind of, unfortunately has the perception that, well, it's easy. You're by yourself. It's easy. So as I started to think about this and and really, f- um, figure it out, uh, I thought, well, this is, this is going to be an interesting topic. We'll see what happens. But as I talked to more and more people, they said, oh my gosh, you're right. And, or, oh, that reminds me of a time when, Yes. and I started collecting all these stories and I thought, hmm, I think there might be something to this. So I'm at least going to, if I'm given the platform, I'm going to bring it bring it out to the attention and and see what kind of feedback there is. Um, Because again, it's about making everyone feel included and how we work with that. Now Mm -hmm. I should put a disclaimer out there. I am not a marriage hater. I am not saying that anybody has it easier or harder or anything like that. Same storm, different boats. And um, I read a quote the other day that said, "Sometimes the busy lives we create for ourselves wear us out, but we create the lives for ourselves." So we all are in this position, and so it's just how we relate to each other and and how we can
0: adapt to each other. Absolutely. Well, you know, I love that you took this topic and you related it to inclusion, because I think uh, when when you first brought it up to me several months ago, um, you were, you hadn't really made that that connection yet at the time, or wasn't really, it wasn't part of the title, it was still very much a work in progress, right? And it really, it is something for the inclusion discussion, for everything that you just said, because of the exceptions that are made for different groups of people, like if we're going to talk about inclusion, it does need to include everybody. So I think that You know, it's already a relatable topic. It helps make it even more relatable and pertinent to the overall social discussion and conversation that's happening right now in society. And, uh, you know, it just gives a little more visibility into all of that as a whole. So I think that was really brilliant. Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you. And, you know, I I did do some research on this, too, because I thought, well, maybe it's just me or or my group of, of friends or the industry that I'm in but there is, there are statistics. Um, there's a three decade decline in marriage in 2020, 45% of adults, 18 and older are not married. And in 2019, 38 of the population was not living with a romantic partner. So that's a huge portion of who we are. And, and, um, you know, research also shows that there is a, a thing called singleism and it's, that culture reward our culture rewards married couples from everything from preferential treatment in the housing market, car insurance, phone plans, gym plans, um, you know, Costco like the family pack. I'm going to be eating a lot of chicken breasts if I go buy a family <laughs> pack at yeah. Costco. Um, and then there's also a thousand U.S. federal laws that benefit or protect those who are legally married. A thousand, a
0: thousand. Ew. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, that's just so odd. Yeah, yeah. I I guess we've already we've always felt this way in society that you are pushed into this path of well, you need to be in a couple, you need to get married, and then the fact that there's actually all these incentives to do that, it's like, why is that exactly? But. Okay, well, that is cool that you did your research because that just really goes to show. Okay, so there's some statistics that shows that this conversation truly is pertinent to a massive amount of people. But what I want to know is, how have you been affected? Can you give some examples of how you've been affected over the years by, you know, maybe some singleism or some, if we could use the word, discrimination in the workplace against being single? Sure, sure. And I, I, think
1: you know, again, echoing what I've heard from many other people in the position, or even people that were were in the the session at, in Dublin, um, some things that they shared. A lot of times the comment was, you know, my, my coworkers get to leave early for kids soccer games, or, um, I have a bunch of young coworkers and they're all getting married. And so they're leaving for wedding appointments or pregnancy. And I'm very happy for them, but I'm left to pick up the pieces or the mentality around holidays. Oh, well, I have, I have family. And so I have so much to do. I'm going to cut out a little early oh, but I have a site visit coming in. Could you, could you say and do that for me? It, it, it almost is this unspoken that because you don't have someone waiting at home for you, that there's no reason for you to be home. So that becomes a, an even bigger issue that leads to much other things. But I, I think, you know, especially when you think about coworkers or employees that may be widowed, when you kind of put that perception out there, that can really mess with them mentally and emotionally. They're already dealing with a hard time, but then the fact that you're unconsciously reminding them that they're alone right. could be very stressful to them. And the other thing that that kind of came to light, how this whole thought came to light was at the Global Conference for Sight in 2019, they did what they called storyteller sessions and they had members of Sight two or three of them get up and and share their stories. One of them talked about battling depression. And one of them talked about infertility and, and packing up his feelings in a box and not really being comfortable to talk about things. And they all said, you know, you have to be willing to talk about it. You should be able to go into your boss. I had a very supportive boss and they allowed me to to share what I was feeling and what I was going through and, and that I needed to spend more time with my my spouse or my family or whatever it may be. And I thought, I, I love that. But what if I went to my boss, and I'm not saying current boss or anything like that. But what if I went to my boss and said, you know, my friends are, are going to vote me out of the tribe, I have missed the last five birthday parties, because I've been working too much or traveling, or I had to stay late to cover a site visit. I I haven't been available for them. I really need to spend more time with my friends because those friends are my family. They are my support network. My, my family, all they live coast to coast. No one is, is here in Chicago. So if I need someone to drive me to a doctor's appointment, or if I get sick and I, I can't leave my place and I need someone to, to help me out, I'm going to have to rely on my friends. So yet I can imagine that you go into your boss and you say, gosh, my, my friends really miss me and they're having a hard time because I'm not available, likely the conversation would be, oh gosh, I know what you mean. Yeah. I need to spend more time with my friends too, but I got to run. I have a soccer game to go to. (laughs) And so it's a different conversation in just a different context. And I I think if we can do a better job of, of understanding the perspective of what the situation is. And if someone's coming to you to say, Hey, I'm missing out on, on, my life, my tribe, my, my family, whatever that definition is, if they're willing to come to you and say that, perhaps having a better, um, a better scope of, of what they're talking about and what that really means and asking some additional questions could, could help make that a more comfortable, um, conversation.
0: Oh, absolutely. We really need to stop assuming or making rules about what is important to other people right and I think that like you were saying before with the way that society kind of pushes us into this world of being a couple or pushes us into marriage like that is the assumption that that's what's important your family is the most important your spouse is the most important your kids are the most important like Yes, of course, those people are important. And if you don't have them, then you still have important people in your life as well. And that would be your friends like you just described and for all of the reasons you described. I mean, those mm-hmm. are all hugely excellent points. And really, I mean, that has to, I don't know, i for lack of a better word, sell some people on why this conversation does need to happen or to be considered. And it really just, I guess, factors into showing that extra consideration for whatever somebody feels is important to them and not like poo-pooing it just because it's not what we are told by society as the most important thing.
1: Right. There are celebrations and there are things that are just as important. Um, And again, it's choice and maybe it's not choice. Maybe you want something totally different, but How do things affect that? And when you're looking at the great resignation and and people wanting to be supported and valued by their company, that's something else that that comes into play. Um, Now, you think back to how many times you've either offered someone a job or a promotion and you say, well, go home and talk it over with your family. Well, okay. I mean, Yes, I probably would call my dad and say, hey, what do you think about this? But at the same time, it's just me to make that decision. So it affects me. And so I would go to my friends, my network, and and ask their opinion and advice. Um, I think just the, the tone of that message. I also talked about the fact that there is... You know, there were a lot of companies that tried to be very supportive during the pandemic and and take care of their employees and and do things for them and one of the unfortunately epic fails that was done i'm sure with great intention but i heard of a company that sent out a box of treats to all of their employees and said we know you're you know it's lockdown and we want you to at least enjoy the time at home. And so they sent a box of board games to every employee. Well, if you're single and you get a box of board games, that's just a reminder how alone you are in a very challenging lockdown time. So now I think thinking about those gifts, we talked a lot about it with incentive travel and how um, there was a great example that someone gave. um, I said, you know, that It used to be that incentive travel, you could bring a spouse. Mm, mm -hmm. If you didn't have a spouse, well, maybe you could bring a guest. Times have changed. And the majority of of incentive planners that I talked to all said, no, our, our language has changed. It now talks about guest. And we're trying to be more inclusive of our language, the guest program or figuring out ways that those that are there with a guest and not a spouse or that are there by themselves that they have just as enjoyable of an experience. And one of the, the attendees in the class um, said, yeah, you know, we did that. And then my, our CEO got up and talked for 20 minutes, thanking all the spouses for all their support of the award winners so that they could accomplish their goals. And yeah. And so I think again, You may have the best intention, but is that pushed out throughout the entire organization? And is everyone
0: being inclusive and understanding of that? Exactly. And man, so all those examples you just gave, I mean, I'm sure people listening could think, well, uh, yes, there was intention. There was positive intention behind the board games, behind the speech about the spouses. But if you don't know that that is actually challenging for some people, then you don't know to stop it. And so that's why having conversations like the one we're having right now and why you getting up and saying this to a ballroom full of people was so important because it really just gives, it just sheds light. I mean, I think that's how all these different inclusivity conversations are playing out now. There's just people need to tell their stories. I mean, like you said before, you know, by, by Insight 2019, having those different sessions, it's just so important to bring these different experiences to the mm-hmm. forefront. And then you have so many people who can say, oh, okay, like this is happening to me too. Or then you have people who say, oh, like I get it. Now I can actually start thinking about this. I, I have made a lot of changes Personally, in the way that I think or speak about certain things just based on what I've learned or heard over the last few years, you know, and I'm never try to be a purposely exclusive person, right? I mean, I try to be a very kind, good person. But like, if you don't know, you just don't know. So this yeah, is why absolutely. it's so important for you to come on and, and talk about this. So thank you yeah, so much. Yeah. And
1: and I think it's um, you know, it, it it's just about talking and having those conversations. And and I think when you think about the fact of someone that is alone, um, you know, and the pandemic, of course, echoed all of this. And and I started thinking about this before the pandemic, and then the pandemic added a whole nother layer to it. <laughs> yes. Um You know, all those that were without jobs, there was no one to split the mortgage with, no one to split the rent with. Um, You know, I, I was out of a job for quite a while. And so now I'm trying to make up that income. So decisions that I'm making financially are weighing a lot heavier on my mind because there was only one income during that time. Yes. So you know, when you think about that, when you think about, um, you know, when people are asking for time off or those that have traveled um, with their their work schedule, you know, there's no one at home to have the the furnace guy come in or the dryer vents clean. So that all falls to you or you have to hire someone to do that. But again, that's one income
0: that is doing
1: that. Um, You know, so I think understanding it from that perspective, if you want to build loyalty and, and enhance productivity and, and think about what those challenges are, or at least have a conversation with a single or widowed or divorced employee and you now, Hey, tell me, tell me about what's hard for you. What's hard for you about traveling? What's hard for you about, um, the holidays or what's hard for you. Normal, you know, normally, not normally, I should say that oftentimes the single is the one that travels to those with kids. Or you know, they have more flexibility. So they're the ones that are kind of the ones that go to or pick up the pick up the extra because well you don't it's just you and the car. You have room to to pick up the whatever from the store on the way there. Um, It even goes to, as we look at, at aging parents, oftentimes the single, that's what I heard from a lot of people, the single sibling is the one that is expected to care for the aging parents because they have all this time and less responsibility of others so they can pick up the slack on that, yet who's taking care of all of their household duties and life duties beyond that? So it's just a, a comparison of, again, you know, same storm, different boat, but how can we be more understanding and accommodating to what the needs of, of all individuals are, not just some of these
0: segments that we have called out over time. Man, you just really related this conversation to a much bigger picture, and that is just workplaces today and leadership today and, and all of the things reasons why this you know, great resignation or whatever has really, I think, come into play is because so much of what you just said has not historically been addressed or considered or asked. I mean, just I love those questions. What about XYZ is hard for you? Like that is, can you imagine what would be revealed if every employee were asked that mm-hmm. question? And the things you mentioned are really hard you know and like fine so you don't have kids to deal with but you're totally right about how so much of additional responsibility then falls on you for those reasons just because that presumption that you have the time is there so man i mean this is a really important conversation on on a lot of levels so again i think it's it's
1: um no one has it easier no one has it harder it, it's It's just a different way of, of handling things. And, and, you know, if we want to look at how we maintain growth and, and loyalty and, and keep our staff involved, it's all about empathy. And it's very hard for employees right now to be empathetic to so many different needs. And, and I don't think employers can, can take care of everybody's particular needs but if you have an understanding and figure out what really is important to them and where do they struggle then that helps with the mental well-being it helps with the overall um, sense of uh, I matter and where does that fall into the the whole scope of of workplace loyalty you
0: just hit something on the head and and that was also referenced in Jolene Jing's episode about stopping Asian hate. And that's just that there is a bit of fatigue, if you will, or that she was feeling about like, okay, like yet another issue that we have to think about. Like, how can we do all that? But the way that you just worded it is like, okay, fine. Like maybe we don't have to have a program to cater to every single person's difficulty right or d- every single challenge that's out there but what we do need to have is just that empathy to understand that those problems or challenges do exist for everybody and it's meaningful to them and it's their experience and we can't discount that and we're absolutely. really good at discounting other people's experiences right absolutely <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah, and and you know, again, I think when you when you think about the the widowed aspect of things, I know of, gosh, I think a, a handful, at least six people in the last two years that are in their late fifties to early sixties that lost a spouse, mm. and they're still working, great leader, industry leaders, um, in their perspective uh, um, field. But what is that like now when they've always gone to an event and they've always had their spouse there or they are known because it's Bob and Sue or whoever it may be. And now they go to a big industry networking event and people are either tiptoeing around them or aren't aware and ask a question. And, and what is that like? And, and how do we just do a better job of treating people like humans and having that personal connection with them? So I, I think it's just all about kindness.
0: It is. It, it seems to be very difficult for a lot of people, but it really is about kindness. Yeah. You're so right. Well, so Colleen, what do you hope to do with this talk do you have any additional aspirations for it beyond what you've already done with it yeah i mean i think um
1: you know the the breakout i go into a lot more detail on things and and have a lot more stats and it's great to get people into a room from diverse backgrounds and, and, um, singles and, and people that manage singles and people that are married or divorced or widowed, whatever it may be, but get all of those perspectives in a room and talking to each other and figuring out ways that they can, can help each other and, and, and be kind and, and, take care of each other. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to share that talk with others at other industry associations or, um, you know, hear what people's personal experiences are, especially what's working. You know, after you you hear this talk or if someone was at the global conference and they go back to their office and have a discussion and, and see some change or Now I'd love to hear about that. You can find me on LinkedIn and that's probably the best place to find me. But I'd I'd love to hear the success stories and and just know that that this maybe in, in some
0: small way makes a difference. I sure hope to see this talk on a stage someday. Thank you. At a future conference. And okay, so I have one final question for you. And I didn't get a chance to ask you this last time because this is than a season two addition to The Room Black. But I'd like to offer you the chance to issue a compliment or a complaint about anything that you would like. It doesn't have to be about this topic in particular, but just anything. I just like to hear what people have to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: I think I would like to offer my compliment
1: to you. Oh, my God. Because, well, you've kept me... Um you've kept my attention on many drives across the city and this new job as I'm sitting in rush hour traffic. And uh, I listen to the podcast and it's just so great to hear different perspectives and and learn some new information and, and find new people to follow on LinkedIn and kind of follow their stories. So thank you for, for doing
0: that. Oh, well, thank you very much. I will accept that <laughs> gladly. Wonderful. And I'm thrilled that I can make a difference for you in your day-to-day and that, that's very meaningful. So thanks, Carleen. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate
1: the opportunity to uh, to share this topic with the block audience. And, and um, again, you can find me on LinkedIn. So if there's any questions or, or any further discussion, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to do that.
0: And thank you, Jen. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And I will be sure to link to your LinkedIn in the show notes so people can easily find you. And if you are interested in chatting up Colleen on this topic, like she says, she would love to hear from you. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you.